Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a burst episode. Hello, I'm Jane Sparrow, founder and author at The Culture Builders. And for today's podcast, I've got great pleasure to welcome Kelly McSorley, who is the founder at Silk Search and The Set. Now, Silk Search is an executive search consultancy specializing in particular in luxury retail. And The Set is an agent for project-based talent in the consumer industry. And I'm going to let Kelly talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But but with Kelly today, we're going to be exploring the whole talent area, the landscape, and in particular, her learning from 2020 and her predictions for 2021 in terms of how talent will be moving and, and what organizations are looking for in terms of their talent plan and their talent mix. So Kelly, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you with us. And do you want to just tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe a 60-second walkthrough of your of what you do and your, your history, Kelly, so we know who we're talking to? Sure, sure. Um, so I have been running Silk Search for about 12 years now. And Silk Search is, a, a as you said, an executive search consultancy. And we we focus on the fashion and luxury industry but essentially what we do is map and track c level and c minus one talent for the industry so what i mean by mapping and tracking is that we look for who the up-and-coming leaders are and we map established leaders who are standing out and and we work globally having relocated leaders to and from hong kong china australia us uk and across Europe. Um, And more recently, I have established a new company called The Set to work with similar uh, candidates in terms of of industries and backgrounds, but on a project by project basis. And and that has broadened our reach from fashion and luxury to, to consumer to include beauty, sports, technology, lifestyle. Um, and, and that's also partly because there's more cross-pollination of leadership talent now than ever before. So, so industries are really, people are moving between industries and, and some of the most interesting talent actually are the ones that have that diversity. And, and tell us a bit more about that then, because that feels like a new area that's in response to the way the market is going. Perhaps people not looking for full-time roles constantly for many years at a time. Yeah, I think there's been a, a, a real shift in, in um, I guess, what motivates and, and what makes people feel rewarded in, in what they do. And, and we've seen probably for the last three or four years now, this movement away from the corporate world and, and also a disillusion with the lack of vision or purpose for, for some corporations and, and wanting to take... I guess their own destiny in, in to their own hands and 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 people are you know sort of comfortable and confident in their own specialty and the value that they can 
deliver in an organization and, and are prepared to do, to do it independently and put their um you know put their reputation out there to companies that really need to transition or or change and and so that was really where the set was was born in in that we could see all of these talented people that were doing great work but didn't really have um I guess a, a vehicle of, of accessing the transformation projects and the opportunities that were out there. And you mentioned Kelly purpose in that and, and the purposeful organizations. I, I absolutely agree. And we've certainly seen number of the clients we work with sort of say, gosh, yeah, in, in the last 12 months, I've really seen us live our purpose and that has totally guided us. Or indeed those that are sort of privately saying, hmm, we talk about purpose and we talk about values, but haven't really seen much of that in in real action in the last few months tell me what 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 are your clients saying they've learned about the last sort of nine twelve months in in the the extraordinary journey that they've all been through yeah well i mean i think we're all still learning lessons it hasn't quite stopped no indeed (laughs) stopped yet um but i you know i i mean i get a sense that that their feeling is that the pandemic hasn't changed anything. It's just accelerated, you know, these things that were that were starting to happen anyway. The working from home was already starting to happen. It's now happening whether companies like it or not. Retail was sort of finding ways to reinvent itself and exist in harmony with digital. Um, you know, all of these things were already happening and COVID has propelled that change. But I think the biggest lesson learned is is a people lesson. And, you know, the pandemic has made people the number one priority in nearly every organization around the world. Um, KPMG did a, an interesting piece of research that was published at the end of last year and it was surveying UK CEOs on their outlook in the next three years and they compared data taken from January 2019 so before anyone knew what the impact of COVID would be and in January 2019 CEOs ranked talent risk as one of their least concerns and the report at the end of last year talent risk was the second biggest threat so um you know i think what companies are doing about talent risk is a different matter and it's still a work in progress but what's what's fascinating to observe from where i'm sitting is that hr leaders have had such an opportunity to shine and be seen for their strategic value during this time and and sort of they've come from they've they've come from being the firefighting reacting to immediate pressures to a strategically important function in a lot of businesses that didn't value that role previously I, I, I totally agree with you and I've seen the level at which the those roles have been built been bought in as critical to every conversation really changing in some organizations which is great to see which is fantastic yeah Um, and it will be very interesting to see sort of who the front runners and the stars out there are as the next few years unfold because I think there will be um, you know there'll be there'll be a real opportunity for for people who haven't been able to to step up and to and to you know, be a permanent fixture within 
the boardroom conversation and, and be more sort of on the front foot for for risks and and um and more obstacles that will inevitably lie ahead and I think it's interesting what you say Kelly isn't it because maybe there is a recognition more that talent becomes even more critical than it ever has done but but I question how much we're seeing the action that follows that and I I definitely see some of our clients they are totally not just recognizing it but working with that too and doing a huge amount to make sure they're retaining and developing and and growing their talent and attracting and so on and they've really sort of upped the ante there and 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 thankfully we're part of that in some areas but I also see others that are still saying "Yeah, yeah we get it and we think it's important but we've got fires to put out right now. What, what's your perspective on, on how much action you're seeing connected to that recognition? Um, I haven't, I, I'm not seeing the action yet, which is why I say we're sort of watching and waiting mm. to see who the front runners will be, because I think the, the recognition is a big step in the right direction because that absolutely wasn't there before even though you know i think we we sort of had that period where the the role of the chief people officer was a huge emphasis um for many organizations that went out looking for sort of the holy grail and answer to issues around culture and change and transformation from a people perspective and and that didn't necessarily land um back then you know a couple of years ago but it it given the the environment and the situation now I think it has an opportunity to and 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 hopefully we will start to see you know we've got we've got our top picks and we're sort of looking at some certain individuals and organizations that are being more progressive but actual results we haven't we haven't got any evidence yet so that sounds like we'll need to have you back when we've got the evidence so we can compare notes on what we're seeing and which are those from yeah. runners <laughs> with pleasure um, with pleasure <laughs> what about you mentioned obviously in, in your intro about yourself that you work globally and I know that's how we met was working on on some of yes. your global clients but but what what about the differences you see in attitude towards talent development recruitment and so on is there much there that you would call out as differences in different areas of the globe Kelly uh well i think at the moment there's there's a difference in terms of of momentum and and activity so the uk and europe are still largely in planning mode generally speaking i mean there are a few exceptions to the rule but i think the need to upskill reskill and replace certain functions or leaders and how to reorganize the workforce has been recognized but the but consensus hasn't been achieved budgets are still being allocated so you know we're not really seeing that much activity within the UK and Europe yet I think that I think Q2 will will be a different story but but at the moment it's there's a lot of conversations not much action in Asia it's almost back to business as usual in terms of recruitment mainly digitally focused recruitment but hong kong china singapore south korea there's there's demand for executive search and um you know and and we're sort of back to the levels that we were at pre-pandemic in terms of activity what's different i think is that there's less um time for leadership development in those markets and more of a focus on keeping up pace 
mm. and the day-to-day. Um, I think another interesting aspect to, to what we're seeing in Asia is that there's been a number of key talent within fashion and luxury returning home to Asia from the US or Europe, which has helped reduce the need to look outside of their own market. So compared to previous years, um, we were almost exclusively relocating talent in, whereas now there's talent available locally. So that changes the landscape slightly there. And does that does that play to the diversity point, Kelly? Do you think around people perhaps that that are returning home, having been situated in many different areas of the globe, and bringing that wealth and that diversity of thought back into that that continent? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great um, it's a great opportunity for for companies that have uh, struggled to find local talent to, to not only find the talent locally but with that rich international mm. expertise and, and and cultural awareness which sounds really exciting then for those those organizations that are able to benefit from that and and mm. and, and then I guess we'll start to see a, a move towards more development as as some of the the sort of getting things back into into some kind of semblance of 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 a plan and some some bit more organized we'll start to see a bit more focus on development but what about the the other trends that you see for this year from your perspective if we were sat here a year from now which seems a very long way away as we record this but if we were sat here a year from now talking about the challenges that people have overcome and the opportunities that people have really grasped during 2021 what do you think we'd be saying Well, I think I think the highlights will be around digital innovation, um, and I think there will be some some exciting new players and innovative startups coming onto the scene. And I think that will change the state of play in terms of where talent want to gravitate towards um, and how you know how that talent is working with different organizations at the same time i think the challenge i think the challenges will be how companies integrate digital across the entire business because that's you know that's really what's necessary now i i read an article in the summer written by a customer experience futurist who was challenging the role of the chief customer officer Mm. and her argument was that one person can't pivot the entire ship and she describes um, a meeting she had with senior executives at, at Amazon where she was asked who no she asked who owns customer experience and she got an angry look across the desk and was asked to repeat her question and then told that everyone in the entire company owns customer experience which was obviously the right answer and I think the same <laughs> applies to, to digital innovation now you know it it has to yeah it's funny isn't it I I know a few years ago working in a different industry I I was talking to them and they were saying right well we've got to have someone that owns digital and then it was about three or four years later when I remember sitting with the CEO saying how are we doing and he said I think we're nearly there I think we can get to a point where we don't need one person to be the one with digital in their title you know Mm. we, we gave it enough of a push 
by having someone that, that was seen to be solely responsible to, to be championing. But actually, we've created the change now that means that everybody gets it and everybody sees it. And and that role went for exactly that reason, because the shift had been taken. But um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that where, as you say, in the same way that we should all own our, our customer, we all own the digital experience in it's some way sure. as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, an organization structure is still very siloed. So it's it's a different it, it needs to be shaken up. Otherwise, there is no way that that, that fully integrated approach can can happen. Um, it's a big shift. Yeah, it's a huge shift, isn't it? But but then mm. I guess there are some organizations that you and I both work with where they're further along that that path than yeah. others. And yeah. and what that gives us all is is the the examples that we can draw upon and say it can be done. Um, and of yeah. course, so much of it is, as, as you and I care about passionately, culture change and attitude mm-hmm. shift and and, and being yeah. bold enough to say, let's do it. And, and having the right leaders in place, the right talent in place that will we'll do that. Tell us, yeah. are there any other challenges or, or opportunities that you think we'd be sitting here discussing, Kelly, a, a year from now? Um, well, I think I think we're along the, the sort of same sort of lines as as thinking about talent and how organizations are structured. We're moving from a world where people were, were matched to jobs to skills being matched to tasks. And I think, you know, organizations that are already understanding that and already implementing that ways of working, working in, in those sorts of ways are seeing the results already. Because, you know, you're talking about bringing talent pools that you're talking, you're sort of opening up talent pools where individuals might be based in different locations. They're some are permanent, some are, are project-based. The reporting lines and hierarchy lines are, are blurred, and it's a much more collaborative approach where people need to be more emotionally intelligent. They need to be able to adapt and embrace change. And so those there's, there's more of an emphasis on the person and the attitude and and how they operate rather than where they've come from and what job title they've had. Which we've been predicting for a while, haven't we, that that would be the case. But I'm, I'm loving the fact that we're now actually seeing some of that happen. We're seeing it finally. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, it's really, it's a really positive move in terms of, of, people productivity and results and driving results through people Um, so if this you know if we continue with this momentum I think it will be a really positive thing for for businesses and it will also make it more attract a more attractive place to work because ultimately great people want to be working in environments where you know there is this modern approach to um you know how to how to get things done and and how to enjoy what you're doing at the same time yeah it's a a lot of days we spend working if we're not enjoying it and if we're not actually adding value isn't it and so yeah and and I think the point around emotional intelligence I've certainly seen that those that are being more successful in the last you know in the last year those leaders that are being more successful are those that are really demonstrating their emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. and those that that people are getting behind and following and and really going the extra mile finding new ways of doing things that that allow those businesses to transform 
are gen- yeah. generally led by those more emotionally intelligent leaders. So it's a trend Absolutely. I hope we continue. It's it to continue. Yeah, and I think as the the market, the talent market is more becomes more competitive. You know, companies will, re- in order to attract, particularly the digital talent, where we know we know there are shortages there at a leadership level already. Um, you know, preparing sort of a a consumer grade employer brand purpose and proposition, because it's it's all, it feels like it's a secondary um, sort of it, it it feels like it's not as important to to work on the employer brand as it is to work on on your your consumer facing brand and and I I think there will be um, you know there'll be more emphasis put on that because there will have to be to attract and retain the right people yeah and actually we're seeing the same thing where people have been talking about we must we must do some work on on you know our employer brand and our value proposition and now it's coming we mustn't just do it we need to start doing it so I think you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right and of course that's to me one of the examples of where the whole area of talent is such a core part of any kind of culture and and the talent that an organization has and and attracts and retains and grows and and eventually releases are a big indicator of that culture aren't they and and influence the culture hugely but but how else do you feel talent play a role in that influence around what an organizational culture is like and how it evolves in terms of how they shape yeah the culture yeah I mean, in my experience, I, th- I think unless the CEO values the importance of people and culture, it's very difficult for talent coming in to play a part mm. in changing it. I mean, you, you, you're an expert, you're the expert in, in this area, but my observations have been, have been, um, you know, with, with the best intentions in the world, you just without buying from the top it's very difficult to to make any change culturally within the organization um and i've seen a number of 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 executives try and get very frustrated and end up leaving because it's it's just not going in the direction that they want it to go um and interestingly from my perspective you know if i look at the last 10 years and and working with with luxury brands and fashion brands on um attracting senior people to their organization five years ago even um the brand itself was attractive now it's it's very rare that an individual will be interested in talking to us about an opportunity because of the brand they want to know about the people the individuals the culture you know what their purpose is why as an organization this is one worth joining the brand doesn't even come into it anymore yeah and I guess that also means that your role increasingly is finding those people that are the right cultural fit and I don't necessarily mean that that means they will fit and not grow and adapt but but that that both the candidate and the organization are going to benefit from one another because of 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 that that cultural um beauty rather than it, it being looking at just the brand yeah yeah I mean you know I there were a handful of companies that 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 we knew as a business, if we had an opportunity within that organization, 
most candidates would be interested in a conversation at the very least. Um, and now that's turned on its head. It's it's not. It, it's almost it's almost a, a secondary um, to the actual individuals that are working within the organization at that time. And what they can deduct from that might be the culture. Yeah. And and culture being, for me is going to be a huge focus for this year. And of course, all of the elements we've just talked about are are some components of that. And I'm encouraged that we are actually finding lots more people saying, right, this is the year we need to focus more intentionally on our, on our culture and evolving it. Because yeah. last year it sort of evolved on its own and, and that isn't necessarily going to help us. So I am encouraged by that. And in the same way, you're encouraged by what you're seeing on, on the talent mm. landscape. Just mm. to finish us off, Kelly, tell us if you were if you were giving advice to anyone listening, particularly those leading organisations, what would you say to them in terms of what, what to remember and where to focus to be successful this year when it comes to the, the talent landscape? Um, I think I think one thing to to not underestimate is is the importance of how your organization is positioned to the outside world so you know what does your employer brand mean and what what messages do you want to send out to prospective employees because that managing that is is critical at at the moment because it is um it isn't it is more challenging to find the right individuals and you've got one shot at it Mm. basically to get to get it right to get to get the people that and i'm thinking more along the lines of of the digital talent who are being headhunted all the time and also some of these sort of key areas such as customer and communications and even product to a certain extent um you know, you have to, you have to get the positioning right in order to attract the top tier talent. And then, you know, how are you going to retain them? Yeah. As well, it's one thing getting them through the door, but then retention is is and it continues to be an issue for these people that are in high demand. Particularly um, if they've been brought into a, into an organisation because they're the type of people that they want but might not necessarily yeah. be the type of people they have right now. And I've seen that happen so often where exactly. those people then are brought in, but they're not given the right level of ongoing support after their initial onboarding. And then they kind of go, well, it's not going to work for me. Something's better has already come along. So I think it's a great point in terms of retention. Yeah. And also in, in you know, the, the, the type of leader that you think or you, you think you should be looking for because competitors are or that seems to be sort of the 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 trend to actually what the organization need really needs when you look at it at this point in its development so i think it's about sort of being true to the stage that the business is at the people that you've already got within it what will work with the current leadership team and and making the right decision for the right person at the right time. 
That's a wonderful way to end, I think, Kelly, because that's some, some real wisdom and a, a wonderful soundbite to end on. Um, thank, thank you so much. Some great predictions, some great uh, discussion around the opportunity ahead for us. But also I think that that last piece around the advice for any leader is going to be something to really hold on to and to come back to throughout not just this year but throughout many years to, to come so Kelly thank you as as normal we could probably talk for for much longer but we'll get you back in to talk about whether some of these people that we're watching right now are really the front runners or not when it comes to talent and how they've Let's nurtured and grown that. them so thank you for yeah, joining us I and- would love to thank you Jane and it would also be worth circling back on how some of these project-based individuals um, might impact culture because I think there'll be an increase in bringing um, sort of this more transient workforce in to work with internal teams and that will have a direct impact on culture. It will indeed and in fact that's probably an area worth a discussion at some point on its own around because I, I certainly see exactly what you're describing which is a need to bring in the, the experience and the talent when it's needed rather than than for long periods of time and then of course that satisfies the the hunger of those individuals to continue to keep adding value and to keep growing yeah 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 exactly thank you we'll continue on that that uh, that topic another time but until then enjoy the months ahead and thanks for joining us thanks jane and you thank you for listening Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.